Jane and Fiona, and welcome, welcome back, back to our podcast, Two Girls and One Medical Mission. Today we are going to be talking about penicillin. And if you haven't watched last week's, um, I mean not last week, a month ago's episode, it was on anesthesia, um, go check it out. Yes, and we're so sorry, we, we are supposed to do weekly podcast, but winter break and traveling was a huge mess, so we are finally back. Yep, and go follow us on Instagram at Caroline and Fiona Med. And you can listen to this podcast anywhere, whether that be Spotify or Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, just anywhere where you listen to music, search up Two Girls and One Medical Mission. And you'll find us. So let's get started. The first penicillin antibiotic was discovered by Alexander Fleming, who was a professor of bacteriology at St. Mary's Hospital in London. Penicillin, otherwise known as PCM, or PEN, is a group of antibiotics derived originally from common molds known as penicillium molds, which includes penicillin G, which is an intravenous use, which is going through the vein, and is also used through an IV line, penicillin V, used by mouth, procaine penicillin, and benzathine penicillin, intramuscular use within the muscle. Natural penicillins were the first antibiotics used in clinical practice. They are based on the original penicillin G structure and they inhibit bacterial cell wall synthesis and are generally bacterial Um Penicillin G is called benzyl penicillin in case you're a little bit confused or just wanted to know what it actually was. That specific type of penicillin treats strep throat, pneumonia, syphilis, and many other diseases. Penicillin V potassium, which is one of the many um, types of penicillin, there's natural, um, actually there's a lot more, but one thing that you can use is Medscape, and I'll tell you all about these different types of penicillin. Very helpful if you want to look into the medical career. Always go check that out. Not sponsored, but if you want to, hit us up. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay, so penicillin B potassium is used to treat infections caused by bacteria such as pneumonia and other respiratory tract infections, scarlet fever, and ear, skin, gum, mouth, and throat infections. Interesting fact, penicillin can be divided into two broad classes, the natural penicillins, which I have mentioned earlier, and the semi-synthetic penicillins. The difference is that the natural penicillins are produced from the fermentation of the fungus penicillium chrysogenum and the semi-synthetic penicillins are prepared from, from aminopenicillinic acid. Um, some natural penicillins, like Fiona said earlier, are penicillin G and penicillin V <laughs> and are either entered through an IV line or given by mouth. And semi-synthetic penicillins can be administered by can be administrated either orally or fun word parent parent early which is just like the parents responsible for administering the penicillin drug and um semi-synthetic penicillins are also less expensive to administer than other antibiotics uh, just in case you didn't know t- what administer meant it means to manage and be responsible for the use of your prescribed penicillin because you trust me you don't want to overdose on something very please yeah like caroline said please be careful on what types of medicine and drugs you use only take what the doctor prescribes you or what your parents tell you to take because there are a lot of unknown medication that has not been fully researched or developed yet and you really want to be careful so 
Just remember to be responsible. Okay, this is how penicillin works. Bursting the cell wall of bacteria, they do this by acting directly on the peptidoglycan, aka murin or murine. You can search that up. It's M U R E I N, a polymer consisting of sugars and amino acids that form a mesh like layer outside the plasma membrane of most bacteria. Usually take penicillin four times a day to treat an infection. Penicillin is usually used for infections during checkups, not surgeries. It is also used for post-op or checkup medication. And also like this, be careful you um, aren't lying to your doctors about what you need. Very important. Um, Please don't do that or you can get arrested and get into any of that legal stuff. So Yeah, um, just be careful. Yeah. Um, So after penicillin was invented, its popularity shot through the roof and not only was it an antibiotic drug, but was also used therapeutically. Um, Just another fun fact just to know. Um, the history of penicillin. So, before penicillin, there was, um, oh, um, we're time jumping back to the history of penicillin. Caroline will talk about how it was made, how was it found out, um, later on. So, the history of penicillin. Before penicillin, there is no effective treatment for infections, such as pneumonia, gonorrhea, which is STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, Mm. um, make sure... Okay, we're not going to go into that. Or rheumatic fever developed if strep throat and scar fever infections aren't treated properly. Can affect heart, joints, brain, and skin. Hospitals before penicillin were full of people with blood poisoning contracted from a cut or a scratch. And that can be very dangerous because doctors go into surgery all the time. Surgeons go into surgeries all the time. And if they have infections and get it on the open patient with ca- body cavity, you can be sued. Not good. All the doctors could do very little for them because there was no penicillin yet. Antibiotics are compounds produced by bacteria and fungi, which are capable of killing bacteria. This fact had been known for, for a long time, which explains why ancient Egyptians had the practice of applying a poultice, um, or a, what, what did you say, Lazar? Poultice, yeah, a soft, moist mass of material. We don't know if we're pronouncing it right. Um, we should have researched, but we are still learning to. It's P-O-U-L-T-I-C-E. You can research it yourself so, and um, listen to it. And uh, um, Caroline's going to yeah. talk. Wait. No, there's more. Um, so you probably probably lost you, so I'm just going to re-say this. Yeah, so... This fact had been known for a long time, which explains why ancient Egyptians had the practice of applying a poultice or a soft, moist mass of material of moldy bread to infected wounds. It wasn't until 1928 when, when Fleming, Fleming discovered, discovered the, the first, first true antibiotic penicillin. And Caroline's going to go into that right now. So, yes. So, this um, is very important, so listen. The story behind how Alexander Fleming created the antibiotic penicillin was a mold that the Fleming developed on a. S- Hold on. <laughs> Serious. Sorry, guys. We had Say to it, take wait. a lot of takes on this. A st- <laughs> Staphylococcus. Staphylococcus. <laughs> Caroline is a bit cuckoo right now. It's okay. We this took us ten times. We have to take like a two hour break. Yes. Okay. So he um so he did develop that on a culture plate, but during that t- time Fleming 
was experimenting with the influenza virus, the flu, in the laboratory of the in inoculation department at St. Mary's Hospital in London, and due to Fleming's carelessness, he left his lab alone for two weeks and found out that same mold had developed on an to an accidental hold up, on, on an accidentally contaminated staphylococcus <laughs> staphylococcus culture um, plate um during examination of the mold Fleming noticed the culture prevented the growth of the staph infection which is short for the word i said earlier and this was just the beginning of an experiment that has been cha- that has changed the face of mes- me- medicine till this day which was obviously the, the de- development of penicillin okay quick vocab review staphylococcus aka Staph infection. If you watch Grey's Anatomy, you'll know what it is. Yeah, Grace is but they the don't bomb. call it Staphylococcus. They just call it a staph infection. Like yes. I don't know remember what season, but Miranda Bailey spread it, and oh, if yeah. you do have it, you have to quarantine. It's very yes. serious. And she performed on an open body cavity, and she almost got sued. So that's not good. Okay. Infection caused by bacteria commonly found on the skin or in the nose. Very contagious and can become deadly. So. Very- be careful. Yes, very careful. Um, yes. The first patient that penicillin made a successful difference to was a patient who was a patient who had strep throat or like strepococcal septicemia in the, <laughs> stop, in the stop. U.S. in 1942. Penicillin helped reduce the number. This is just in general. So after penicillin helped save that first life, um, penicillin helped reduce the number of deaths and amputation of troops during World War II, and according to records, there were only 400 million units of penicillin available during the first five months of 1943, all the way to 650 million units a month, and that difference was only in about a year and a half, as I was talking about, as, and, and that was only about a year and a half difference, as, and that, as I was talking about earlier, um, many beginning treatments come from experiments um for pneumococcal pneumonia in the 19 wait what in the 1930s with anesthesia into sera sorry and fiona's gonna get into the penicillin used during world war ii though real quick oh wait no no no. this is uh sorry um sorry if you're kind of confused we keep time hopping but right now we are on future further research of penicillin also um dm us on instagram if you want to see pictures of our notes so then you can like take notes on them and see like what we're reading from <laughs> okay. okay so we're going to further research of penicillin we will also list sites so you can go and read yes there. um because we do want to give credit because this is not our information, but we did put it together, so. Um, for the research of penicillin, Howard Flurry, Ernest Chang, and their colleagues at Sir William Dunn School of Pathology were the people who turned penicillin from a laboratory curiosity to a life-saving drug, as we know today, penicillin. The process began in 1939 when wartime conditions were um, making research difficult, like Caroline said, in order to carry out a program of clinical trials and animal experiments, the colleagues needed to process up to 500 liters of um, um, liters a week of mold fi- filtrate. Filtrate. Um, I don't know how to pronounce that. I should research. Filtrate. filtrate. Okay. 
Um, the colleagues began growing it in a strange array of culture vessels known as baths, bedpans, milk churns, and food tins. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Later, a customized fermentation vessel was designed to easily remove safe space and renew the broth beneath the surface of the mold. A team of penicillin girls um, was employed with little pay, two euros, which is very little, trust me, in um, European currency, to inoculate and generally look after the fermentation. Because all of these experiments, Oxford University Laboratory was turned into a penicillin factory. Also, to elaborate more on penicillin girls, they were a group of girls, obviously, who did not know anything about penicillin, but probably for like high school credit or something back in the day. They would work at Oxford University Laboratories and just learn more about um, penicillin and help because they used it for college credits and etc. like what we would do today. Meanwhile, a bio- biochemist named Norman Heatley extracted penicillin from huge volumes of um, filtrate coming off of the production line by extracting it into amyl acetate, chemical compound, and back into the water using a countercurrent system. Fellow biochemist Edward Abraham then used the newly discovered technique of alumina column chrom- chromatography. And I think that's some type of um, way of looking at like closely at like the cell molecules. You can search it up. Um, technique used to pure. Oh, um, I explained it here. Technique used to purify compounds depending on their. Um, polarity or hydrophobicity so that's what it is used for to remove impurities from the penicillin prior to the clinical trials oh there's more (laughs) okay um caroline can read this part oh and just to quote on what fiona said earlier two euros is about two and a half u.s dollars so that is not a lot at all okay so in 1940 Flurry, Flurry did vital experiments showing that penicillin could protect against could protect mites against infection from deadly streptococci, <laughs> streptococci mild to deadly throat infections, pneumonia. On February, uh, pneumonia. Yeah. On February 12, 1941, a 43-year-old policeman, Albert Alexander, became the first recipient recipient of the Oxford okay, penicillin. Okay, and by the way, what Caroline did before of um, penicillin, the first patient, this is from Oxford penicillin. This isn't like the penicillin that Caroline was talking about. This, this is, is the- there's different ones because this was the first one where it was actually developed in a laboratory, so this is completely different. Yes, um, and it's also in Europe. Yeah, He's and probably- it was in 1941 and Alexander Fleming discovered it I'm pretty sure in 1928. It was a completely different time, so. So, about like a 13 year difference? Yes. Okay. Probably. Sorry, I did not get that Okay, anyways. He had a scratch that developed a life threatening infection with um, huge abscess of um, affecting his eyes, face, and lungs, which does not sound very fun. Penicillin was injected and he made a fast recovery, but the drug ran out a few days later and he died. And that's the problem of production. It was totally new, so they did not have a lot of it. Soon plans were made to supply the British troops with penicillin, like Caroline mentioned before. World War Two. Two, yeah. Okay. And this just shows that penicillin played a huge role in many citizens' lives and saving them. 
And the reason why we do this podcast is it's because it's very important to know where medicine came from and to acknowledge the people who made it because they've changed our daily lives. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, so as I was talking about experiments from earlier, many beginning treatments for pneumococcal pneumonia in the 1930s with antisera, I'm pretty sure, A-N-T-I-S-E-R-A, and sulfonamides, again, S-U-L-F-O-N-A-M-I-D-E-S. So basically in the 1930s, those two antibiotics were created. Um, but the use of these treat- treatments quickly came to a halt because everyone went back to using penicillin, which proved to be probably one of the top antibiotics. Um, and due to the successfulness of penicillin, that led to a number of pharmaceutical industries beginning to screen a variety of other natural products for antibacterial activity, and then that led to a whole host of new antibiotics such as aminoology cosides, tetracline, strep- streptomycin, don't quote me on that either, um, etc. And obviously penicillin led the way in that development with many new and more inf- effective antibiotics. So, after the experiments with more treatments throughout the 1930s, along with anti which was mentioned before yes which was proved to be a new antibiotic but was not successful um the first commercially available antibacterial was prontosil and a sulfonamide a sulfonamide i'm pretty sure that's how i say it it's sorry we should have done more research on like how to spell it i mean pronounce it sorry and it was developed by the German biochemist Gerard, right? Gerard, mm-hmm. um, Doma, Domag. I think that's a, what, what type? Okay. In 1945, penicillin was introduced on a large scale as a treatment for bacterial infections. This was possible through the work of Flory and Chain, who managed to efficiently purify the antibiotic and scale up production. The introduction of penicillin marked the beginning of the so-called golden era, and I said that with quote-unquote. Yes. And we mentioned Flory and Chain before, so you can rewind back to learn more about them. Yes, so it was the beginning of the so-called golden era of antibiotics. Um, the golden era of antibiotics was during the 1940s to 1962, and most of the types of antibiotics... Sorry, I'm slipping a page. Which of the antibiotics were invented that we still use today. So, be thankful, okay? Yes. <laughs> and just another fun or interesting quote is that many new antibiotics during that time were also created by mistake. Just like yes. Alexander Fleming created penicillin by mistake and being carelessness. Yeah. A lot of experience... I'm being careless, not carelessness, sorry. Yeah, Okay. Um, but we, we said this in our last tape. It was pretty good, but then we deleted it. It's fine. But we're going to say it again. A lot of, um, scientists back then meant to do science experiments, but they end up doing something, um, discovering something else along the way, and they just focused on that. So, there's little, just remember, if you mess up, there's always another way. You can find something else, discover something else, work on something else. So, don't worry. And to sum this video up, um, oh. Um, to sum this video up, there are some types of penicillin that we want to um, list. And introduce. Yes. And we don't know all of these. 
Um, we don't know all of the penicillin in the world, but these are the ones we gathered from Mes- Medscape. Please download Medscape if you're very interested in these. Yes. And they will explain what each one is used for. And not sponsored, but hit us up. Just kidding. Yes. Um, th- Medscape also has a whole variety of drugs and technologies and procedures that you can look at. So cool. Okay, so let's go. And me and Caroline are going to alternate. I'll go first and Caroline. And it's free. It is free. You have to create an account and everything, but... That's easy. Yeah, that's easy. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Penicillin G, aqueous. It's a natural class. Um, as also from earlier, natural versus semi-synthetic, in case you wanted a refresh. Um, penicillin G is a benzathine, and that's also a natural class. Penicillin G, potassium, like we mentioned before, is a natural class. Penicillin G, procrane, is also a natural class, and, um, its abbreviation is RX. And we also mentioned this before. A lot of these we have mentioned before, we just summed it all up for you. Um, penicillin G, sodium, natural class. Penicillin V, natural class. Also mentioned before. So rewind back if you want to hear more about it. And I'm pretty sure it's a semi-synthetic. It is. Penicillin V. Oh, no. No, no, no. Sorry, wrong one. We get into semi-synthetic maybe along later. We don't know yet. It's been a while since we've met up and talked about our notes, okay? And penicillin VK, natural class. Penicillin amino. Amino? Is it am- Amino, yeah, you're right, I'm sorry. Okay, this is a category, by the way, this isn't a specific. Um, Amoxicillin, wait, amoxicillin, oh, I wrote that twice, oh, amoxicillin, amoxicillin, chlorinate, amoxicill, ampi, wait, ampicillin, ampicillin, yeah, ampicillin slash sylbactam, augmentin, Augment slash, um, oh wait, and then da, um, not dash, comma, Augmentin ES-600. Augmentin XR. Mox, Moxatag, um, parentheses, DSC, and we are not professionals at this, so we don't know any, like, the definition stuff. We just wanted to list it out for you to see. If to you're hear. familiar. Yeah, and if you want to research, like Caroline mentioned before, go check out Medscape. Learn more about it. Um, op- Omnipin. Um, Renglobe, Principin, Trimox, and Unison. Penicillin's extended spec- dash spectrum. This is also a category, not a specific penicillin. Piperacillin, Piperacillin, Slash, Tazobactam, Bactam. We don't know how to pronounce it, sorry. Um, Piperacillin. Wait, oh, I'll say, I'll say. Ticarcillin, Ticarcillin, slash, Clarinate, Clarilinate, Trimenium, Timenian. Sorry, we are not very good at this. Zosin, Penicillin's Penicillinase, slash, or dash, Resistance. And this is also a category. There are many categories, and there are also many penicillins because allergies rate, raise. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the word? Allergies can um, range from any type of drug inside of these. So many people yeah. may be allergic to a specific specific type. Like you'd say, "Oh, I'm allergic to penicillin," but there might be like 
there might be penicillin G. Exactly. My sister is allergic to penicillin, but it's probably only one specific penicillin, not yes. And that is why it's good to know because you, to be, it's better to be safe than sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, um, where do we stop? Bactosil. Diclo. Diclo. Diclos. Dicloxacillin. Dicloxacillin. Nar oil. Oh, wait. Nasil. Nalpam. Oxacillin. Aminopenicillins. Oh, we said that earlier. Are slightly less acidic. Active than penicillin G. Aminopenicillins are slightly less active than penicillin G. Okay. So yes, that basically sums it up, and we hope you enjoyed this. And definitely go look at the sites we listed and oh, research we need to, them. What's the site? Oh, okay, we're gonna do sites now. Sorry, we forgot to do this. Okay. And also, oh, okay. And also, make sure to check out our last episode if you haven't already. Sorry, a little self promo. Go follow us on Instagram at Carolyn Fiona Men, and we might post our notes. Yes, just DM us. Okay, and now we're going to list our sites. So, I'm going to go first. Menlineplus.gov, yourgenome.org, acs.org, cdc.org, chemistry online at utsc, www.chem.wisc.edu, medicalnewstoday.com, and Medscape. Um, I used sciencedirect.com. Fiona might have said that. Um, I also used acs.org. I did use Wikipedia, I think, for like one of the general definitions, but it's a good place to start, not a good place to end, so don't worry. I got like barely any information off of Wikipedia. Um, I used helio.com and reactgroup.org. And I think that just concludes it all. Okay, so we will hopefully see you next week. Ooh, maybe we should do like a poll to see what they want to do. Okay, okay, bye. Bye, guys. See you guys next week. Not next week. Soon. See you soon. Okay, bye-bye.